everybody and welcome to your favorite podcast about new metal it is the pod cast this is episode number 33 and yes we are covering hollywood undead i'm john and with me is a man who will nibble on your ear like his name is mike ticey it's brian quinby once again owned by the juicing of the polls it's me baby <laughs> Yeah, you juiced the shit out of this poll. You, I needed you double, it. You double juiced it. It was disgusting, honestly. I've never juiced a poll in the whole history of this show. And I actually thought, first of all, I picked Slipknot, Iowa, which was well on its way. The poll went up. Iowa coasted out into a beautifully massive lead. And then uh, Paolo from Trivium uh, <laughs> quote tweeted the poll and said, you know, maggots do your thing. And then Slipknot was out to an even bigger lead after Paolo did that. And then you came in like meatloaf astride a motorcycle over a volcano, like a bat out of hell. You were like, nope, I got to I got to fix this poll. So you went to your Twitter. You said, hey, everybody vote for Hollywood undead. And then that still wasn't enough. And so you once again did the same thing a second time on a separate day. And in the end, you, I mean, you got what you wanted and it came at a price because this might be the worst album I've ever heard in my life. I'm, I'm the one always paying the price for this bullshit, to be fair. Um, also, I, I'll say this about what, what you're saying here. Um, I did juice. I don't really regret juicing it because I read about these guys before I juiced the poll. So. I kind of had gotten into a thing where I was like, I'm just going to fucking read the Wikipedia for Hollywood undead. Cause it was so weird that I had never heard them before and that I knew they were this thing that was like out there, but that I couldn't have told you what it was. We just covered uh diary of Jane. I can't say it without like making it diarrhea now. Yeah. Um, diary of Jane, but we just covered diary of Jane and like, um, one of the things I said about it is like, I never heard this song. And I, and the reason I've never heard this, cause I thought it was a butt rock band. They have a butt rock name. Well, Hollywood undead. I thought was, I thought Hollywood undead was a part of that kind of like steel Panther, like hair metal revival of the early two thousands. You know what I'm talking about? I do. That's what I thought this was. That's what makes sense because that's, Kind of does seem like with the band name and everything, that is kind of what it feels like it would be, right? Yeah. And it's like a not. Steel Panther, like you go see Steel Panther and Hollywood Undead. And so this came up in the episode. And once I found out that it was a sort of rap rock, I was like, oh, man, I didn't know that. So then I got a little fascinated by it. And then the next day I, I was kind of thinking about Hollywood Undead after I'd put them in a poll and uh, I, cause I think we both even mentioned during the episode that we had never heard them. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how they came up, but we had mentioned during the episode, hey, I don't think I've ever heard these guys, and, and you were the same, too. It might have even been on a bonus episode. No, it was um, on the Mushroom Head episode, because that was why you put it in the poll, and I think it was maybe that Mushroom Head had toured with them or something, because you were, yeah. no, it's, we were talking about bands that we thought weren't real. That's what it was. Because yes. you were like, there are, there's like a bunch of these bands where I've heard their name, but they don't feel like they're real bands. Like I've never seen them on tour. I've never heard them do anything, whatever. And you said Hollywood Undead was like the top of that list where you were like, they're a name I've heard, but I refuse to believe that they're an actual band that exists. So you find out they are rap rock. They are in that lineage of new metal. You also yeah. realize the album comes out in 2012. That is an era that we haven't touched ever. Like it, no. it is, yeah. it is the absolute most uncool time to be a new metal artist. <laughs> Oh, and that's why, like, you're not wrong. And uh, just because I know people will get mad. It came out in 2013, but the first okay, week of yeah. 20, uh, the first week of even 2013, worse. even worse, even, even worse, later. Though. You're right. You're right. It's like, it's like if someone told you that they were a WWE fan, but like from 04 to 08, it's like the yes. same kind of, it's like the exact same thing. It's like. Everyone was done paying attention to new metal. The revi- <laughs> it wasn't cool. There was no revival yet. There was no nothing going on. It was just, it was just a dead zone. And so, yeah, you're right to think that this was maybe like a metal revival or one of those type of gimmick bands. I mean, let's be fair. The Hollywood Undead is a gimmick band. I mean, we'll get to we'll get into <laughs> that. But Jesus. they're they're most certainly a gimmick band, but not. Not like a we're in on the joke kind of gimmick band. Um, they're a serious gimmick band. Anyway, and uh, here's yeah. an here's another little here's another little piece of it, John. It's kind of like they are they are a total gimmick, but their Wikipedia page is definitely the best one we've ever had on this show. Like you just start looking at what's gone on with these guys. Oh, uh, it's and, and Jesus. Fuck, we're going to get to all that stuff. Jesus fucking Christ. These guys, these guys are like, I, I if, if I ran the world, they'd be the biggest band in the world. <laughs> they would be, <laughs> people would never stop talking about them. Uh, this but is everything. They, would, they wouldn't be as fun if everybody knew about them, though, right? That's like, true. I don't think it would. So you can't. It's sort of this like it's sort of this like catch 22. Although I will say when we like looking into this band, they are a lot bigger than I thought they would be. Like, I did not expect oh, yeah. I did not expect them to be a really big band in the way that they are. Like, they're huge, at least as far as relative to my expectations. I mean, they're radio hits. They're radio guys. They get played on the radio a lot. Like, they're regular rotation on on the hard rock stations around the United States. Which is um, astonishing. That's yeah. astonishing to me. Because not only does this music suck so fucking bad, but it's like... It is also every part of it is objectionable. All, there's objectionable <laughs> lyrics in every song. It's like every song is about is about killing yourself or other people or sex and drugs. 
Um, and yeah, and the music is awful. Like I just, uh, but I, uh, yeah, anyway, you're right. Also, when you say objectionable, I would also like to throw in there. Yes. There are so many slurs and problematic lyrics on this album, but oh. also just incredibly stupid. Like, oh. but, like even if I'm letting all the stuff go, like I'm listening to this. I let everything go because it is 2013. People were kind of different than, uh, it's little late. It is pretty late. Street Fighter already it's started. Bit, it's a bit late. It's a little bit late. It's not because it's one of those where if they they have come out and apologized for the for some of their old lyrics, but it doesn't. It's not the same. Like if someone comes out and says, you know what? Look, yeah, in 1997, I said some things I regret. <laughs> then you think to yourself in 2022, you're like, you know what? I bet they have changed. I bet that's like a good, I bet they're a good person and they've come to realize that they were young and it was a different time. And, you know, you can have space in your heart for forgiveness of that. But when yeah. it's in 2013, there's always gotta be like a little part of you. That's like, ah, they're, they are probably still like that. They're probably oh. still like that for sure. Well, you're reading articles too, where they're yeah, like the articles calling guys. They don't like gay. Like there's stuff in there with their former lead singer, but you're right, dude. Street fight had been going for two years when this album came out. Yeah, I had already. So there was awareness of not saying the F slur at that time. It was it was prevalent because I didn't even start doing street fight until after I had kind of radicalized in that in that direction. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it is just I, I, and 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 when when John says like it sucks. And why is it such a fixture on hard rock radio in, in like the Midwest and shit? I want to also just add on there that it is like almost not even hard rock or metal. It, no, it's nothing. It, you know who it's like? <laughs> you know who it's like, dude? 21 pilots. It, it is like 21, 21 pilots. pilots. It's like AWOL Nation, 21 pilots, Imagine Dragons. It's but like for that, white trash but, guys. but for, yeah, for new metal, for new metal. Yeah. So here's <laughs> the, here's the exact quote. This is from, this is from 2020 from one of the singers of the band, Johnny three tears. Um, yeah, it's the names are unbelievable, which we'll get to <laughs> as well. But, uh, this is his quote about, uh, and the, the, I should say this is, this is from, um, Pardon me, note to scene.com. Uh, and the, t the headline is Hollywood Undead Regret Homophobic Offensive Lyrics from Their Past. But then what Johnny Three Tears says doesn't actually make me feel like he's all that sorry about it. So this is the this is the quote here. Uh, it says, uh, speaking with Billboard about how the band has evolved to being more socially conscious and self-aware of their lyrics and some of the extreme things referenced in their early years, Johnny Three Tears shares his thoughts on remaining an envelope-pushing band while still having some consideration. Quote, I still disagree with censorship, says the musician, but we said things on our first record that if I had known how upset it would make some people, I definitely would not have said. Which... That's not the way you do that. He continues, we were young and angry and didn't mean what we said to be taken literally, but you have to take into consideration that someone else might take it literally and people might actually get hurt. And I don't mean offended, I mean hurt. Don't get me wrong, the envelope still needs to be pushed, but you also shouldn't go out of your way to offend someone. There's certainly some regret there. Yeah, and that's, you know what's funny? 
um, ICP did the same thing. They they did they did an apology kind of the same way where where they they were like you know hey we were young and we were broke and we were stupid and th- like he straight up says we were stupid back then and if i could go back i would never want to make somebody feel bad you know what i mean and this moron comes out and does it in the worst possible way uh incredible this is just an incredible band just so <laughs> the dumbest human beings that have ever made music yeah so do we just want to i mean usually we do like a preamble but i feel like we just have so much to say about hollywood undead we should just get right into it i guess um, nothing's so- going on i i mean really what are we going to talk about you know hollywood undead is the most important thing that happened in my life today <laughs> All right. So Notes from the Underground was the third studio album that came out from Hollywood Undead. It was originally set to release in summer 2012, but they ended up pushing it back because, you know, they had to make creative decisions or whatever. Uh, So it did come out, as I said, on January 8th, 2013. Uh, It came out on uh, A&M Records and it was very popular. It charted, it peaked at number two on the Billboard 200, selling 53,000 copies in its first week, uh, which has made it its highest charting album to date. Uh, and then it had a, a, a mostly positive reception as well in critical, uh, in critical areas. But again, I feel like the only critics who would review this album are the type of people who like it. Uh, but yeah, it also peaked at number two on the iTunes rock chart on the first day that it was possible to order. And then after release it became uh it went to number one on the itunes top albums chart it also reached number one in canada ashamed for my country uh and it also reached number one on the billboard charts for alternative rock and hard rock and it finished the year 2013 as the number 70 rock album uh on the billboard charts and uh yeah it's very special uh as we said the band this is their second album uh without uh, deuce uh, their, their, their original singer, uh, Deuce was, uh, around, but he departed in 2010, uh, and was replaced by Danny Morello, who goes by, uh, Danny. I love that about the band too, by the way. So they all, these are the, these are the band members names. Okay. Are you ready? You ready for this strap in here? Okay. J dog, funny man, Johnny three tears, Charlie scene, Danny. So that's, yeah. uh, so I like, I like Danny's like, I'm not. He got in the band late. He's like, I'm not, I'm not fucking, I'm not going to be named Danny Jockstrap or whatever. Um, and then the other guys who were in the band but are no longer in the band all have probably the two of the stupidest names. There's Deuce, as we said, and then Shady Jeff and Da Curls. And Curls like is spelled Shady Jeff. And Da Curls is spelled K U R L Z Z. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh this yeah, like I said, their third album came out and um it it's it's a it's it's something. So so Brian, you you had said before uh, on the Mushroom Head album that you you know, you felt like Hollywood Undead was like a myth. Um so you so genuinely before you listened to this album, you'd never heard a song from them before, you weren't really familiar, you never saw them live or anything like that. No, 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 absolutely not. Like I said, I, I mean, I don't even know what I thought that uh, I told you what I thought they were like the spandex wearing. Yeah, yeah. You know, guitar soloing shit uh, like Dragon Force and stuff like that. So I was actually just surprised to even because I, I mean, you're looking at 
like the time they were making music, it new metal was fucking dead in the fucking ground. Oh yeah, dead. It was it was Hollywood. <laughs> it was Hollywood dead. It was completely yeah. dead. Yeah, it was so far like away that nobody was nobody would even say they were new metal at the that was back when Corn would be like, nah, we're we're a uh, uh, fucking uh, Skrillex band. We're actually a band with Skrillex now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So these guys, it, it just it came to such a surprise to find out about that. I don't know what they look like. I actually haven't even looked up what they look like yet. And I have well, a picture in my head of what they look like. Well, it's they're kind of different because they um they don't wear uh like they wear masks uh, for a lot of the early stages of their career. Um, so they, they switch and they, unlike like Slipknot would change their look every album. I looked up and like Deuce was only in the band for three years or whatever and wore like 17 different masks. So nice. They didn't seem to be as sort of, this is our look for this album and this tour. And then we're going to change it again. Or it was like similar to Slipknot or mushroom head. They just seem to be like, yeah, we wear whatever, pardon me, whatever mask is like around or, you know, it's cool. So, and I'll say this too. Now I'm looking at a picture of them without the masks on. Still, they look exactly what I thought they were going to look oh, like. Yeah, they just totally, they just have this look of like, and you know what I believe about people who take their masks off later in their career. You know what I mean? It is, I can't get into VIP places i can't get myself into clubs and stuff like that and hang out backstage and shit like that if people don't know what i look like that i always have felt is the reason stone sour exists oh 100 percent. yeah absolutely <laughs> I just I, I mean i've always looked up to icp for never taking the makeup off you know what i mean like of course they're like 50 now and they still rock the makeup and yeah, yeah it's awesome you barely know what they look like i think there's a couple of pictures of them without the makeup on but like you'd have to go searching for those on like google or like images but like these guys i'm looking at a picture of them and i mean i i just they all shop at the buckle which is a store for people that like hollywood undead mm -hmm. and uh they just what are they doing now do you think they're doing this rap music now Hollywood Undead. I mean, they're still making albums. Yeah, their most recent album just came out. Uh, or sorry, it is. Uh, they just they've released a couple singles. Uh, so they announced on September 5th, 2021, they're working on music for their eighth album. On February 25th, 2022, they released the single Chaos, followed by the single Wild in These Streets on April 19th, 2022. Uh, it is unclear whether these singles are attached to their upcoming album. Do you want to, should we listen to their most recent single and just see what well, it sounds like? I just feel like they probably don't sound like that. They can't be. I don't agree with you still. I think they, I bet they sound exactly the same. That's my guess. Because the, the song guess. is called Brian. The song is called Wild in These Streets, and the cover art is Grand Theft Auto. Like, it's just like, it's just like them, but it's the Grand Theft Auto 5 font and art style. So, so they are still rapping, which they're still is Dan, really surprising. Dan, can you, can you play this song? For, I was going to just play it through my phone into the microphone, but it probably sounds better if you can play it for us. I'll play it through, and then I'll replace it in post. 
Okay, sounds good. Let's okay, okay. So let's. This is what wild in these streets sounds like right here now. All right. More metal. I mean, it's still kind of rappy. You gotta get to the birds. Wait for the birds. Yeah. It's the same, dude. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. I told you. I fucking knew it. Because this is the thing. Unbelievable. This is the thing. They can't. This band. I'm gonna get fired up on this episode because this album just fucking pissed me off. But this band, they're not capable of doing anything else. That's the thing. I genuinely don't think they're capable of doing anything different than this. This is all they could possibly do. They don't. They're completely devoid of talent. The whole band is singers, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Everyone in the band is just like a fucking singer. So so one of them sings and then the rest are all kind of rappers because they talk about that in the interviews. They're like, oh, yeah, whoever writes the song decides who else is on the song. Or whatever. It's the stupidest. Is that stupid? So dumb. The one interview, the guy's like, "Yeah, fucking, you know, uh, Jimmy G String or whatever wouldn't let me. uh, He came up with the chorus for this one, so he told me that he was going to do it, and then Shady Jeff was going to do the verse, and then so I got cut out of that one. Whatever, it's fine. It's like okay, man. Stupid. That's such a stupid way to do things, and like. Why have 10 guys in your fucking band if they're all going to do the same thing? There's no way. When you listen to this, you would have to be a fucking mega fan to be able to tell that there's a different person rapping through any of the songs. Oh. Like, I, I just, oh. I didn't, I, I would have believed if you had said this is a band with one singer and the rest are in a band, I would have fucking 100% been like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I really would. I'm shocked that there's more than one guy singing either, so, or rapping. Yeah. Okay, so here here's how the band breaks down. This is currently, this is not on Notes from the Underground. Uh, okay, here we go. On Notes from the Underground, this is how it's literally the first credit every band member on Notes from the Underground has is vocals. <laughs> so all six of them. So Danny Marillo is credited as, sorry, Danny is credited as lead vocals. Charlie Scene is credited as rap vocals and sub lead vocals. <coughs> J Dog is credited as rap and harsh vocals. Oh. Johnny Three Tears is credited as rap vocals. Funny Man is credited as rap vocals. And Da Curls is credited as hype vocals. And then <laughs> J Dog and Johnny Three Tears both play bass. Uh, Danny can play guitar and bass. Charlie scene plays guitar. Funny man is the DJ and the curls is drums and percussion, but they also had uh, John five played guitar on this album as well. Um, oh, of course. For, so, former, you know. former Marilyn Manson guitarist, John five rapist guy. Too, yeah. Bad, bad also. guy. 
yeah, bad guy. Not a surprise. Uh, but yeah, but so they, I mean, hanging out so, with these guys, I, you want all those guys in the same place, I guess. For, just, I mean, well, I don't know if we want that. Stay away that, from them. Doesn't that increase their power, though? I guess. Yeah, I guess. I just want to be able to never be around one of these but guys. Yeah, right now, they so basically their entire history, though, they've always had a touring drummer. So whoever's playing drums on whatever record, none of them play drums live. I'm guessing. If you see them live, two of them have some sort of instrument in their hand and three of them do not would be my or, guess. I would guess I, I would say that because they're like, oh, people are out jumping in the audience and shit. Who would fucking know? You could go back and stay back in the green room and take a fucking nap and nobody would notice. <laughs> nobody knows who's supposed to be on stage and who's supposed to be singing. There's just no way. There's probably eight mega fans that are like, oh, I hope Johnny Three Tears does a lot of songs on this album. <laughs> but you listen to the fucking album and you can't yeah, tell anything apart. There's no, just no, there's no way. It. Aside from the clean vocal, aside the clean vocals are very clearly Danny all the time, like the singing vocals. But yeah, the rap vocals, it's impossible, impossible to separate any of these dudes. You would never be like, oh, hell yeah, I love that funny man has verse one on pigskin. I, get in here, funny man. Make it happen, bad boy. It's not even, it's not even also, there's no varying of the themes through no. any of the rappers like you're listening to this and you don't think like oh this is that patented johnny three tears fucking flow you know what i mean this is why all yeah. he loves talking about killing people because they it, well it's because they all rap it's all schoolyard rapping there's no it's all rhyming couplets there is no mid rhyme there's no variation there's nothing it's literally all end rhyme rhyming couplets the whole time it's just very much like my name is brian and i went to school and all my friends think that i am cool and then i took a dip inside the pool and my mama says she didn't raise no fool like that's every <laughs> song is that flow that sound you can't oh i'm i'm already mad we're only like 20 minutes in <laughs> i mean just i i, I I would never have guessed uh, uh, how bad this band is. But, uh, yeah, this is truly, truly an amazing album of of just, like, it, it is a picture of a type of dude at a time. And, I, I, John, I'm still flabbergasted that they, they still do the rapping. I really thought they would go to butt rock music. I no really chance. thought they were going to take that road to no. like where they, they got rid of a few people. And now, you know, the guy that sings is just singing like a song. But I guess they can't do that now. They have to always have 15 people on tour with them or whatever the number is. You know, what's funny to me is the the story of Danny of Danny joining the band is they had a falling out with their original lead singer Deuce. Uh, and we'll get to that eventually when we get to the articles and stuff. <laughs> but uh, Danny had made it through to the second round of American Idol and quit American Idol to join this band, like quit potentially making it further on American Idol to join Hollywood Undead. So, I mean, probably he's had a longer career than had he done well on American Idol. I mean, where's Taylor Hicks? Am I right? Uh, but, you know... <laughs> It's insane it, to me that uh, 
that you'd you'd see what this band's got going on and <laughs> you have a chance to grab the brass ring and you're like, nah, I was, I'm going to go. I mean, I'm, ho- I'm going to go in Hollywood undead. He you think this every- is the brass ring? This is. Yeah. I mean, it's a band <laughs> no, it's- that makes a living <laughs> on the road. Sure. This sure. is a brass ring, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's you one of those brass say, rings you buy from a guy's trench coat that leaves a green ring around your finger. <laughs> you did say, though, on a text with me that you you are formulating the opinion that they're an industry plant. And uh, I believe that, too. Can't find any proof of it. Nobody's yeah. parents are. Nobody's parents are in the music business. But that we know this of. is so that we know yeah. of. This is such a fucking, it's a cash grab band for sure. They even say it in some of the, uh, in some of the, uh, interviews, they're like, yeah, we, we do whatever feels good and whatever makes money. Which 100%. I respect. 100%. Cause that's the thing that it, it has such an industry plant vibe because there's nothing remarkable about it. And it's weird because the other bands we've covered that are also industry plants like orgy and, um, other bands like that. They they're upfront about it. Like I feel like it was different in the early like in the late nineties, early aughts, being an industry plant wasn't a term yet. People didn't care. So, you know, you'd read a Rolling Stone profile and they'd be like, Oh yeah, Jay Gordon's dad was like a famous A and R man or whatever. And people probably just read that back in the day and they're like, Oh, okay. Pardon me, that makes sense that he'd be good at music. His dad's an A and R guy, whatever. You know, but then I feel like now in 2013 industry plant was like enough of a thing where if one of these guys, dads or moms or whatever is families involved in the industry, they wouldn't have talked about it. So I feel like that's maybe the difference is that we just, cause yeah, I tried to look, I couldn't find any evidence that they're industry plants, but I mean, yeah, the music just totally reeks of it. It reeks of it so bad. It's cynicism that it reeks of. Oh, this is so the, so much. This is the most cynical album we did. It's not uh, even close. It's not yeah. even close. This makes Wes Scantlin look like Kurt Cobain, not the yeah. new Kurt Cobain, the Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna start out with a couple. Uh, I mean, every song could be this, but I I <laughs> sent this. I did a search on on Google to see. If WWE had used any of these songs. And the reason I did that, they did use it on Payback 2013. Of course. Um, and the reason I did that is because as I'm listening to it, I'm like, they made this album to be played on sports. That is what this is. To 100%. Get on- There's a song called Pigskin. Yes. <laughs> They're not even yeah. trying to fake it. They're like, yeah, in an, in the interview, they're like, yeah, we're big football fans. And we were just hoping that uh, football people would like it. So yeah, that's literally so the can- quote. I mean, I don't want to skip ahead to the quotes, but genuinely the person says, well, uh, oh, fuck, I'll get I'll get to it because there's an there's another thing leading into it that you need to know. OK, we'll skip that for now. But yes, you're right, Brian. They definitely made this for sports and strip clubs. I think the song Lion is a UFC song for sure. Like they would use that. I didn't I'm even look to see. Yeah. I didn't. I want to be free. Yeah. I didn't even look to see if they used it on UFC. I'll bet you they did. Uh, but this is it definitely made to be played. Yep. No, they sorry. Did. Uh, sorry. They did. UFC used it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Undead. 
the uh, Hollywood Undead song. Uh, UFC is... Undisputed video game. They use it for the video game. Of course they do. Um, it definitely so. feels like, because if you are a WWE fan, often the sort of pay-per-view theme song does feel like it's by a fake band. Obviously, sometimes they step up and there'll be some either like mainstream artist you've heard of, you know, like Flo Rida or Machine Gun Kelly or something. But often it's like a rock band you've never heard of. And you're like, how did the WWE even find this song? And Hollywood Undead is totally they're driving on that highway. No question. So let me read you this. This is this sort of is this really gives you an idea of the cynicism of this band. Uh, This is for a song they made called Undead. It was released in 2008, okay? Okay. And this is the reception section of their Wikipedia. The song peaked at number 10 on the hot mainstream rock tracks, number 12 on the hot modern rock tracks, and number four on the bubbling under hot 100. During Super Bowl XLII, you know I'm never going to know that. A (laughs) (laughs) a trailer. Yeah, yeah, I know. A trailer aired for G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, which featured Undead. The song is also featured in the video game UFC 2009 Undisputed from THQ and is part of the soundtrack for Madden NFL 09. MMA fighter Josh Neer used this song as his entrance music during UFC 101. Of course, the song did. was used in the New York Knicks 2009-2010 intro video. The song was used in the NBC telecast of WrestleMania 35, highlighting the match. Oh no, 25, highlighting the match between the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Most recently, the song was used in a TV spot trailer for the 2011 remake film Conan the Barbarian. The song, the song was also used for Shima Zion during his run in the indie circuit for the 2011-2012 Oh my season, God! <laughs> the American Admiral, the Milwaukee Admirals of the American Hockey League, used the song for their pregame player introductions. So that is that is like they use that song for sports. This is a sports band. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm so, it's so so frustrating. It's so it's stupid. Crazy. This is that it's so music, stupid because. Sorry, go ahead. This is that music you hear when you're watching fucking football, and you're like, "Ooh, is this real music that people like, or did they just make this for the football game?" Yeah, well, that's so. Yeah, let's. I'm, I'm going to get into that article now because it just makes sense with what we're talking about. So this is an interview with Charlie Scene. Uh, this is from unsungmelody.com, and it's from 2012, so right before uh, this record came out. And he's asking uh, Johnny about the. Uh, this is what we were talking about earlier about how they divided up the song. So the question is. You mentioned that he wrote that song. The band features quite a few vocalists. When writing for an album, how difficult is it to come together in agreement on the final version of the songs? Usually it starts, for the most part, it starts with one writer who starts the song. They write the chorus or a verse to something or the music to something. Then that person is kind of in charge of who gets put on that song, who else they think would sound good on that song. Whether it be two guys, one guy, or zero guys, they get to pick and choose. So on that song, he wrote it. I guess he's an egomaniac because he didn't put me on that song like a jerk. Laughter. Which means that's the last time I put, on, put him on a song. I'm just kidding. Laughter. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. You kind of dole out the responsibilities. It's like, you wrote this, you get to pick who's on it. Yeah. 
There are other times it works out really well when the whole band sits there and writes a song together. For the most part, though, we write songs from home. We don't all live together. We have at certain times in our life, but now as young adults, we live alone and that's where we write our stuff. It's good when you're together writing a song, but I write a lot of the stuff just sitting at home, eating Cheetos, playing Call of Duty. I write a hit song and then from there, I choose who's going to be on it. Uh, And then... Later on, the interviewer says, I have a feeling that one song in particular is going to be all over the place come football season later this year. Tell us a bit about the song Pigskin. Were Cheetos involved in that one or not? Laughter. That one was Buffalo Wings, Sliders, and Beer. We are all such football fans. It's a club banger, and it's also about football, so I hope that song gets used during football season. Because that's awesome. That song is perfect. I've never heard a club banger that's about football. That song's awesome. That should get the meatheads going wild. (laughs) Which is hilarious that... So, what I loved about that whole thing is like... It is the most cynical thing alive where this guy's like, yeah, we literally wrote a song because we think the world needs a club banger about football. By the way, the song is not about football at all. Okay. This is the (laughs) chorus of the song. If you think this means the song is about football, here's the chorus. Go on, girl. Let me touch that body. You know, I like when you drop it low, hike up that skirt, get naughty, hut one, hut two, hut three, go, go on, girl. Let me touch that body. You know, I like when you lose control, hike up that skirt, get naughty, hut one, hut two, hut three, go. So they think by putting hut one, hut two, hut three in the chorus, it's a song about football. Okay. This song is not about football, even remotely. It's just called pigskin. No one is going to play this because it's about like fucking girls and being cool it's not a monday night football is not like yeah let's get that pigskin song on there like it doesn't make any sense but i love that the quote is all just like blatant cynicism yeah we're just trying to get a song about football played in the clubs and people will love it during football season also the people who would love it are dumb they're dumb meatheads and we're making music for the stupid people so they kind (laughs) of They got to at least know what they're doing, I guess. So this is a story from September 12, 2017. Hollywood Undead's California Dreamin' makes its NFL debut. (laughs) (laughs) They did a cover of California Dreamin'? I get. And, you know. Oh, no. I got to hear that now. God, that's got to (laughs) be. There's no. That's got to be so fucking bad. Okay, here we go. I mean, I, I assume it's a cover, but maybe it's not. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, God. Here we go. This is badass. Let me give this badass. Okay, come on. Get to it. Is it a cover or is it not? We can't tell. No. Okay, it's not a cover. It's just a bad song. All right. It stinks, though. It it was really bad. But they used it during a commercial bumper for the Rams game this past Sunday. That's in 2017. I I think these guys really just wanted to hear their music played during sports. (laughs) It's so funny, John, because I've been making this joke a lot on Street Fight and on other stuff I've done that, like, there's this kind of music that there's a couple kinds of music that you hear and you never know where it's from. One is sports music and one is hotel music. And this is the first sports music band. Like, full on, this is all just sports music. This is, like, trashy 
Imagine Dragons is kind of what yeah. this is, you know? For sure. It's also, for sure. Uh, it's also uh, what did I call it earlier? Like bad ICP? Yeah. <laughs> it's like ICP that I don't like. It's really fucking bad, man. No sense of humor in it, really. I mean, they're trying to be funny, but all the songs are about killing people, but they're not like funny killing people like ICP. It is just, uh, oh, this album's unreal, man. I just, I, everything <laughs> I, th- oh, um, I said, uh, white trash Lincoln park and, the, uh, um, hold on it. I said, the thing is, if this thing comes out in 2000, I'm a fan of it. That's true. Uh, oh yeah. Here's what it is, John. It's like if ICP thought they were artists, that's yes. what this band is. It's like yes. if ICP were super impressed with themselves and not self-deprecating about their skill rapping and stuff like that. Totally. Totally. Cause there's not, that's the thing is I think if I felt like they were like steel Panther or something where they were kind of like being the steel Panther, but for corn, you know, like where they, where it was like very tongue in cheek and they're just like, yeah, we're just kind of doing fun new metal. Then I could get much more into it. Well, I would still not like it, but I could at least understand it. But I think they're, I think they're doing this for real. Like, I think this Mm -hmm. is serious. Did they think of themselves as serious musicians? No, because um, this doesn't read like a goof, dude. This doesn't no, read it like doesn't. a band that thinks it they're doesn't. being funny ever. There's no, no point because in this album that, that where they're being funny at all. Well, because you talked about this too when we were texting today, and and this is how this is what is so cynical about this record is that it goes from like like so okay, so pigskin is this like football club banger, and then it goes into a song called rain which comes across as like trying to do an updated version of time of your life by green day it's like (laughs) all acoustic uh with like a a processed beat in the background then it goes from that into a song called kill everyone where the whole point of the song is like i wish i could kill everyone on earth and i wish they were all dead and they do this multiple times on the album it goes from like I'm going to fuck your woman. I'm going to shoot your dad. I'm going to do all the drugs in the world. I'm going to commit sexual assault. That's actually a theme of quite a few of the songs. Yes. Uh, And then, uh, but then, and then it'll go right into a ballad. Like, oh, I love Mm -hmm. you so much and you're the greatest and you're the best. Um, And it is. So that's, it makes it even more cynical to me because it's just, they're just doing anything they can (laughs) to write a song that people will know. There's no thought of this being an album. There's no cohesiveness here. It's all just, here's a bunch of stuff we are capable of doing. Hopefully you like one or two of it. Yeah. Yeah. It it is. And, and you're right about that too. I, I think that's the other thing is like, we could talk so much about the, 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 you know, like you said, the sexual assault stuff and all the violent stuff, right? On this album, uh, it's it's a very it's super. They're trying. They have songs that are trying to be very violent and shocking, uh, which it, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's like whatever. But but the thing that is crazy to me is that other type of song that's on this album, like 
just that's how you know it's serious, right? Because they're trying to do if the whole album was pigskin, you'd be like, okay, maybe there's a chance this is all tongue in cheek and funny. But then Lion comes on, yes. and then you're like, oh no, they're this they're taking this very seriously. Yeah, another way out is another one that you listen to, and you're like, yeah. this uh is one of the worst songs I've and it's also like you you sent me a thing earlier and I put it in my head. The other thing this band is like is LMFAO, like that kind of music that was really popular at that time when when people were kind of uh, <laughs> well. Didn't I? <laughs> I put that in your head because that is one of the funniest quotes we've ever read. <laughs> that's that's why I didn't put it in your head. Charlie's seen put that in your head because it is so fucking funny. Uh, this is from shockya.com, which that was the type of, I guess, outlet that was reviewing or interviewing Hollywood Undead. This is from 2013. Uh, so just after this album came out. In your past interviews, you spoke of some of your influences, such as Tom Petty and even some country rock artists. When your career was just starting out, did you imagine yourself in a rap rock group? I guess when I was younger, I definitely thought I would be in a rock band. Hollywood Undead is a rock band, but also has that hip-hop influence. To me, our music sounds like nothing else, and that is a good thing. And Tom Petty and Johnny Cash sounded like nothing else. <laughs> so that's already hilarious. This sounds I, like everything else. No one, there's not a single original idea on this album, so that's no. very funny. And then to compare themselves to Tom Petty and Johnny Cash is really special. And then here's the money quote. Do you currently listen to any hip-hop artists or do you still stick to the classic rock genre? Charlie, I tend to listen to more of classic rock. The hip-hop I listen to is LMFAO, but nowadays hip-hop I am not really into. Muse and LMFAO is the only current shit I get down to. You couldn't Muse make... and LMFAO. You couldn't genetically engineer something that would be less interesting to me than Muse and LMFAO. I can't even... Like when I start, but that's what this band sounds like too. It's a lot of like Muse slash LMFAO. It's guys taking yes. themselves pretty seriously a lot of the time. Yeah, like, like Muse is the most serious band to ever do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because there's songs like Kill Everyone and uh, Up and Smoke. Like there's a few songs here where you're like, yeah, you know. Uh, they're goofing around. They're having a good time. It's kind of like Cottonmouth Kings or like ICP or something like that. But then the fact is that like more than half of this album is actually songs where they're being serious and like puffing their chest out in a way that like Lion is one of the weirdest songs I've ever heard because ever. it is like a mosh pit anthem, right? But it is not music that you would play for a mosh pit. It's music that you would play in a club in 2010 is what it is. Even then, I don't even know if you would play. You couldn't play it in a club because it's we. It's too weird sounding. It's too like, oh, man, I, I'm just still like getting my head around like you're you're ostensibly a rapper. You know, you you claim to love hip hop. And in 2013, the only hip hop you can get into one year after the release of Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City, the only hip hop you can get into is LMFAO. I mean, yeah. how do you not even like because, Brian, you and I, OK, we're on episode 33. We have read probably 
three to 10 articles per band every time we do this. So we're sitting somewhere around 100 articles we've read. Most new metal bands are really, and we point this out a lot, are really good at lying, right? Like a lot of them will say, oh, my influence is Faith No More, Helmet, uh, and then you get the weird 80s ones, Depeche Mode, The Cure, Duran Duran, whatever. Like they're very good at, even if those bands maybe aren't their direct influences, they're good at saying that because they know that that's what sounds cool. And so how this band who appears to me to only exist to quote unquote be cool says that their favorite bands are LMFAO and Muse. Like what, who's reading that and is like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, I don't know man. who that's for. Yeah, I, that's the other thing. There is a legendary lie. I think a legendary top-level lie in one of those articles that I would love to read for you. Yeah, do right it. Now. Let's do it. Yeah. Because this is one of the biggest lies, and I will take this lie apart, but this is such an incredible fucking lie. Uh, I'm getting it right now. Um, where the fuck did it go? I'll, I'll have it in a second. No problem. Okay. So, uh, our record. Okay. So they're talking about a song that they're making a video for, for when the album comes out, I think it's lion maybe, or I Uh, wrote, I am a lion is a very funny song. I think they Um, wrote the, I think the video you're talking about the one they did with, uh, with Sean from Slipknot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's we, we are, we are, they did with, with clown from Slipknot. And they talk about that in every interview they do for this record, by the way, they're very pleased to let people know they're working with clown. Go ahead, Brian. But John, this is the most glaring lie. And it's so poorly told that I I'm in awe of it. Our record label president had lunch with him or something, which number one, your record label president at Interscope was, was uh, having lunch just... with clown. <laughs> <laughs> Slim, not. <laughs> not, like, not, he would probably not even take lunch with Corey Taylor. I'm pretty sure he's not taking lunch <laughs> with clown. So then he says, Hollywood dead got brought up. Hollywood undead got brought up. Didn't happen. It happened. It happened. I have a theory for how it happened. And it turns out the clown was a big fan of our music. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just no way. There is no fucking way Clown is a big fan of Hollywood Undead. I'm sorry. So <laughs> he's a big fan of our music. And that's awesome because we're fans of his music. I believe that. So he was in the middle of a project he was on. He's doing so many. He's doing a movie right now. He took time off from that. He put a halt to the movie so he could come and direct our video. So we were just beyond excited, just happy to have him want to be such a part of it. And us want him to be such a part of it. So it was awesome. Now, here's what happened. Sean got an email from somebody who was dictated to by the president of the record label that he wants him to somehow get involved with this Hollywood undead band so they can sell some fucking records. Sean said uh okay like whatever i guess i'll do it i'm working on a movie but i guess i can um, put that on hold so then the record label guy called hollywood undead and said sean is like a huge fan of you guys and he's gonna put everything on hold right now to fly out and make your video (laughs) 
Well, that's so, so like, my my guess forced. is that he didn't actually put anything on hold, though. I think you got everything no. right, but I actually think he was like, "Hey, um, yeah, we're actually taking a break from filming in two weeks. I could come out and do it then." And then yeah. they called Hollywood, and then they're like, oh, stopping the movie for you." And the <laughs> the problem is, and this see. This is the thing, though, Bri. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're 100% dead on. But I don't even think Charlie in that interview, I think it's Charlie who's saying that, I don't even think he's lying. I think that he's dumb enough that he thinks it's true because most musicians, right? Like if I was a musician and I got a call from my label or my manager or whatever, that's like, look, you guys are the tits. You, ever, you guys are amazing. Uh, you know, Sean from Slipknot's going to come direct your video. And he's, I would be like, oh, I would be smart enough to see like, oh, okay, that's cool. The label's getting Sean to direct our video and I would never talk about it like that. I'd just be like, oh yeah, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, Sean, uh, he directed our video. It was really cool. How it came about, I, you know, I'm not even sure. The label sort of said that he might be interested, you know, and we were like, oh, cool. We love Slipknot. Like that's how a smart person would say it. But I genuinely believe Charlie's not lying. I genuinely no. believe he thinks that's all true. Because he's too stupid. So he's like, oh, fucking rights, boys. Look at this. This is unbelievable. They love us. There's just so many tells in it, John. So many So just every line almost is like, uh, you know, Hollywood and Dead got brought up at a dinner, (laughs) at a lunch. So in his mind, the president of the label was at lunch with Clown from Slipknot. (laughs) And he was like, have you heard this fucking Hollywood Undead, dude? I mean, they are something else. And Sean was like, not only have I heard them, I'm a huge fan and I'm going to take, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing, put everything on hold and I want to make their next video. And then the president was like, great. I'll give them a call and let them know. And that is in his head, the truth that really happened. But we just know that it was a series of emails and uh, either clown was like, how much are you going to pay me to do this? Yeah. Or he was strong armed into doing it by the label. Yeah. One or the, or a combination of both. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll give you Hey, we'll give you 250 grand. If you fly out and do this music video. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm making hey, an independent movie. Like- that's not going to gr- gross anything. So sure. I'll do it for these idiots. John, it reads like a fantasy. It reads like a guy's fantasy of how something happened. Like totally. it reads like me being like uh reads like me being like, Yeah, man, uh somebody was telling me recently that Chino from the Deftones is a huge fan of this show. He listens to it every week and he wants to be on it. And uh then he comes on. I would never be dumb enough to believe that. I would believe that somebody told him it's a good idea for you to do this. Can you please do it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 100%. And that's the other thing too, is they don't like people have been trying to like in some of these interviews, they're sort of asking about clown directing the video and none of them talk about the actual set or any, you know, like you would think if Sean was a big fan, they would say like, yeah, it was fucking sweet. He came out to set and we like hung out and we did all this. We went for dinner and he's such a good dude. And there's like none of that talk at all. Like it's clearly just a payday for old, for old clown, intense. for old clown man. 
Yeah, they said it was intense. That's all they, the whole yeah, description that. of it he is, hates is intense. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> he I, was intense because he hated their band and he they I, were and they were dicks. For sure they were dicks on oh set. They were God. like, this guy's a huge fan of ours. So we'll just be fucking dicks to this well, guy. John, let me add another wrinkle. I, I think people sure, need wrinkle to know me, that, that all of these guys are also Scientologists. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is a good thing to Which, what i loved is when i looked that up because you had told me that i think someone told you that on twitter and then i looked it up and it was like some of them are second generation scientologists which i yep. didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> yeah so maybe that's actually brian we didn't think about this maybe that's the industry plant connection scientology yeah. there it is okay they're industry plants for sure a it's second of, generation. If you're a second generation Scientologist, come on. For sure. In Los that's Angeles. How. Yes. Yes. Okay. We figured it out. They're an industry plant for sure. Yeah. Second generation fucking Scientologist in Los Angeles. You know some people in the music industry. You just, it's impossible that you don't. Impossible know. that you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, how would you even figure out how to navigate my Scientology situations, my audits with that? <laughs> Which I just think that is also a weird thing about this band is that they're fucking Scientologists. Like the only other Scientologist band I know is Beck, and he's a lot different from Hollywood Undead. <laughs> he's like a, a bit whole different. other different part of the music industry than Hollywood Undead. They've probably never even spoken to each other. Oh, I'm yet. sure they haven't. Same religion. God, it's this so band is fucked, nuts. man. We gotta. Should we talk about some of the lyrics on here? Did you have? Uh, I feel like <laughs> you had some lyrics you'd probably want to get into because I mean, for me, honestly, like it's not even some of the like playground rapping, like I said, which is really bad. Like some of the lyrics in 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 these songs are just so basic, like pigskin okay it starts out the very first line is i'm so icy like ice cream yeah that's a good lyric, it's like though. it's like come on man well it's but it's not even supposed to rhyme it's like this oh my god i'm so icy like ice cream oh yeah my god man i'm so, so hot like fire like that is the same Oh, God. And that's where the Mike Ticey line comes in. I'm so icy like ice cream. All you ladies take a scoop and try to bite me. Girl, I'll wear you out like some Nikes. Haters stepping up, either beat feet or try me. Nibble on your ear like my name is Mike Ticey. Insane lyric. I am a lion Insane and I want lyric. to be free. <laughs> the lion. So what I was going to say is genuinely brought like. So that's was literally going to finish my point. So I'm so glad you said that because genuinely of all the stupid, like playground rapping and shitty boasting and whatever lion is by far the most unhinged lyrics on this thing. No one, like you said, I am a lion and I want to be free. Are you a lion in a zoo? I don't think of a (laughs) lion as like a caged animal. Most people think of the king of the beasts, like roaming free on the Serengeti, chomping up gazelles and fanning itself by an oasis. Like, no, no, no. What? Lions, lions are famously known for their restraint. That is what we think of. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, actually, it's I am a lion and I want to be free. And, and we all know where the lion is. It's inside of you. You know, well, the, it's like, I wish I could tear a claw apart these other humans in the world, but they won't let me. I have to be civilized, unlike a lion. 
Uh, do you see a lion when you look inside of me outside the window just to watch as you sleep? Because I'm a lion born from things you cannot be. How can I sleep at night? There's a war inside my head. I found a lion hidden right underneath my bed. I will not hide myself from the tears you have shed because I am a lion and you are dead. <laughs> that, I I, I, I want to say it, the lyrics. Suck. I'm going to throw this out there. The lyrics do suck. Okay. Oh, yeah. They, w- needless to say, the lyrics suck. But uh, embarrassing, actually, too. Also, just incredibly, like, this is like a puff your chest out thing for a guy that's always scared, is what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel tough at all to me. This song doesn't feel tough. It feels like a guy telling you he's tough. And uh, not good. And it's also supposed to be really inspirational. When you hear... The song, it is. Oh, for sure. It's like a a Mumford and Son song. Yeah. And I want to be free. Do Um, you see a lion when you look inside of me? And then, yeah, it's I. The one part of that first verse I love is the is the uh, the lion is inside of him, but then there's also a lion underneath his bed. I got confused by that part a lot. Is it's like. You spend like six lines telling us that the lion is within you, but then now it's also outside of you and it's underneath your bed. That was very confusing. Yeah. Uh, there's like really corny. Um, there's like a lot of really corny rap songs. I, I think the worst one is Up in Smoke. I, I would say. Oh, Up in Smoke is so rough. I'll I'll read you one of the verses that's a little less. uh here we go. I fuck with a six pack bong or zigzag. Still don't puke here. Choke on a tic tac. Shit, don't puke here. Choke on a tic tac. I walk a line, but my eyes are crooked. A couple more drinks, bitch. Now you're good looking. Motherfucking real Hollywood, not like some B list actor. I'm faded as fuck. Watch me moonwalk backwards. It's a house party. Los Angeles. So fuck the five. Oh, my middle fingers are up. Uh, so everybody get down. Like you just got out of rehab. It's, it's really bad. And it, uh, here's another one bowing and banging every day in the low, low. I roll slow. Cause I'm allergic to popo. I smoke the doge when I chill with the cholos. That line <laughs> makes me, it's so unpleasant. feeling. So unpleasant. Uh, so unpre- and y'all smoke pole. Cause you're chilling with the, homos this is the line um uh i sit patron and chase it with slow soco pants so low got my balls in a chokehold bitches getting naked and they're posing for photos and hopping on my dick like my shit is a a pogo yeah it's it's extremely like it's like you know how like death metal like Square people think that death metal is music that guys listen to because they want to get scared by the lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, what yeah. like my dad would think, you know, uh, the lyrics for this album scared me. Like, like it wasn't like a, a thing where it was like uh, it, it was a profoundly unpleasant feeling 
listening to this album. Like in a way, I listened to it Be- five times. Well, and it's so unpleasant. <laughs> it's because like there's so many references to committing sexual assault. Um, like the opening song, Dead Bite, uh, makes a roofie reference in 2013. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? We weren't into um, that in 2013. No, either. and and it's taught and they're talking about like uh dumping a body and like it is so friggin' bad and uh, it's just really, really rough. Um, it's just a yeah. really tough album to listen to in that, like, if you're not hearing something extremely offensive in a way that is like too over the line, if you're not hearing that and that doesn't bother you, then the like sleazy stuff might bother you. But then there is also for guys like me, I like sleazy stuff. A lot of the problematic stuff doesn't bother me. Guys that just get profoundly uncomfortable when people say stuff like I'm smoking with the cholos and like, uh, so your mother holds your children. Don't ever let them go. There is weakness in your grip and they were holding all the hopes. Don't you ever let me go. Don't you ever let me go. Who left the door open? Who left me outside? I'm on my knees. I'm hoping that someone holds me to tight. Hold me tonight. (laughs) It's uh, this is the last song outside, which is the second best ballad called outside. I am <laughs> in the new in the new metal genre. In the new metal genre. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. tough what you got. There. That's tough. That's tough. I so yeah, like the so this is the opening song says this is Johnny Three Tears, a madman when I mixed with Soko, and who would have thought a man could sink solo? Now who wants to die from the Mossberg shoddy putting holes in the hotel lobby? All you fake bitches are just another hobby, and I'll let you dig where I dump your body. Um, and then uh, the Charlie scene comes in. You know I got a grenade and it's got your name on it. I'm a spit on your grave and engrave a dick on it. Ugh. People say yeah. I'm insane and to put the brakes on it, let me buy you a drink. How about a roofied gin and tonic? Uh, right. Yeah, Charlie scene seems to be so hated. It's just me being intoxicated because being sober is so overrated. Hollywood undead, what have you created? And I know that we have never really met before, but tell me, does this rag smell like chloroform? Jeez. And the problem yeah, and is, like you're saying, I get uncomfortable because I believe them. This doesn't yeah. feel like it's not like, you know, Eminem, right? He had all of his sort of kill fantasy songs, but it was like it was pretty obvious even at the time when that was sort of a novel thing and parents were losing their minds. It was pretty obvious that that was just like a gimmick and that it was a joke and it was all tongue in cheek. And Hollywood Undead will tell you that that's what they're doing, but given the way the songs are and their interviews and just their general vibe, it doesn't feel fake to me. <laughs> I'm incredibly bad vibes. Yeah, it's an incredibly so that's what, bad that's what vibes makes fake. it so much tougher. And Bry, I'm also really mad because I didn't realize I have Apple Music, you have Spotify. The only notes from the underground on Apple Music is the unabridged version. <laughs> Uh, which has four extra songs on it. I love that they call it unabridged, like it's a classic novel. Uh, but yeah, so I got four bonus songs called Medicine, One More Bottle, Delish, 
and I am. And one <sighs> more bottle also has some of the worst fucking lyrics. Uh, so it starts out. We got one more bottle of Jack. What the fuck we going to do with it? Let's get fucked up. It does like a gang vocal. And if you got oh, yeah. a little problem with that, what the fuck you going to do about it? You'll get fucked up. We got one more bottle of Jack. What the fuck we going to do with it? Let's get fucked up. So if you got a little problem, there's one easy way can stop it. It starts with my dick in your mouth. Oh, wow. That's so cool, 2003 guy. So 2013. 2013 guy. Yeah, and then here we go. It starts with my dick in your mouth. One cracker, two cracker, three cracker, four. Not enough crackers, bitch. I need two more. Still not enough for me to feed (sighs) these hoes. Too drunk to open the DeLorean door. Oh, don't take, don't drag the DeLorean in this. Yeah, exactly. So I love the DeLorean. It literally ends the the song ends. All the music cuts out, and they deliver the last. It starts with my dick in your mouth. All the music cutting out <laughs> and delivering that last line. Then the song. Wow, ends. these guys are so cool. Like, it they is. Think when, fucked, they also man. think when you're listening to it, it it's got real vibes of them thinking like, man, when people listen to this, they're gonna think we're so fucking so cool, cool man. Because these guys are again not cool they don't look cool um, no i not doubt cool. they do cool stuff they're kind of no. geeks i mean yeah. you don't read all you know the other thing about them is you don't read that they were out on the streets getting in trouble like uh some of the other bands you no, know what i mean they, like crazy town they, we read about crazy town who did rap with this kind of stuff many years before this first of all but like you also read about the shit those guys were doing like in the streets and stuff like that, like doing like real crime. You, there's no past to these guys in this band. And no. like you could tell me they graduated from art school and I would believe you. Well, even like uh, the guy was like, yeah, I came up with the songs when I was playing video games. Uh, and then like this interview, going back to the unsung melody interview, like this is not how other bands would answer this question. The interviewer asks, we all know that with a new album comes a new tour. What do you guys have up your sleeve for 2013? Pardon me. And Charlie answers so far, our record comes out January 8th. We play LA. Then we hop on a tour bus and we play all the major cities. We play a lot of the big cities, the big markets. We're going to do some press. We're going to go hit those. We're going to eat some Cheetos in different cities. See how they taste. See if they taste different in different towns. So that's all we have booked now. Then there's talks of Europe. There's talks of getting on a big tour for the summer and the spring. There's nothing booked yet, but it will be soon. So it wasn't like, yeah, 2013, you're going to fucking party, going to get wasted. He's like, nah, we're probably just going to get some Cheetos in a bunch of different places. And, you know, we'll just see how that goes. Uh, there, uh, I'll read you a really good line. And this is where you really get the idea for these guys. Okay. Yeah. If you were a character in a movie or yeah, a I love show, this one. Who would you be? He answers Peter Griffin from Family Guy because he's a fat piece of shit. And then he laughs and goes, I don't know. I saw a Halloween costume the other day and someone was kick ass. That movie was cool. I'd probably be Bart Simpson. I have a slingshot. I bring it on tour. I shoot bottles on it. So people call me Bart Simpson. Those were the three worst answers I've ever heard. Because number (laughs) one, two of them are kids like like actual fucking children bart's like nine or ten or something like that (laughs) yeah you know and and uh kick ass is a is a little girl i thought so like she's like 15 or 10 or i don't fucking remember 12 so it's like 
man, these guys, they're just really, I don't know how old they were when they made this album. They, I hope they're really embarrassed about it now they're not. in their they're advanced not. age. No. You know? Like, so it just, I, I hope that they've gotten a little older and they're like, oof, we look like really uncool. <laughs> No chance. If you look at Johnny Three Tears' answer to that question about the homophobic lyrics and everything, I don't think there's any way that they think this is cool or not cool. I want to say too, like I remember back when we reviewed Lincoln Park uh, Hybrid Theory, you said it was children's music, and yeah. I didn't, and I didn't agree with you. Um, and I'm glad I didn't agree with you at the time because this is children's music to me. Like that, that is who, but it's not even in the execution. Like you're asking, like, no one would think this is cool. Kids would think this is cool. Like if you were 12 or 13 and you hadn't really heard like a swear on a record before or whatever, and someone at your school that you thought was cool, told you about this band, you would think it was cool. This is, this is like kids who haven't drank or done drugs or had sex or whatever. That's who would think this is cool because (laughs) it's like, it's like this vision of a world that's not real, but they're, they've created this world where they're very cool. They're doing drugs all the time. They're having sex all the time when they're not having sex, they're committing crimes in order to have sex. Um, so it's like all of those things are sort of coming across, uh, in this where it's like, that is who I think would find this cool. It would be children who would be like, yeah, yeah. These, these guys are pretty, these guys are pretty sweet. So now I'm going to throw another wrench in here. Just one more wrinkle for us. Maybe. Oh yeah. We haven't talked about it yet. That, that will, no, you don't know this. It's going to blow the listener's mind because we have in our mind, what kind of band this is. Okay. Like we have described them to the T question by one of the interviews. Have any tour pranks happened yet? Are you planning on pulling any towards the end of the tour? Here's the answer. This is the craziest answer for this question. No, I've always heard that, but I've never seen it. I think it died in the eighties. I think people are more sensitive nowadays. <laughs> yeah. They're more sensitive to tour pranks. The tour prank. Oh, you can't do those no more, man. You can't put Saran wrap on the turlet anymore. There people are too sensitive about, I think it's so funny that you have this band that's like putting across this image of these fun loving scamps. And then they're like, you do any tour pranks? And the guy doesn't even lie. You know, like, no, no, not, he doesn't even lie. He just says, no, we don't. We, I mean, we don't get down to much and he doesn't say anything cool that they do. He doesn't no. even say we have fun in other ways. You know, we get fucked up and drink and stuff. He just says, no, we don't do that. I don't know. I mean, we pay Xbox, I guess. Oh, for sure. Like they genuinely don't know. Uh, like they're not good at lying. That's why I think like all the stuff that they say they believe is true, whether it's true or not. I think they believe it like they're not good at being a band that lies, except in their songs, in their songs. They're lying about what they're doing, what's happening to them. But off the band, like on the in the interviews and stuff, they're not good at lying. So well, this this was another good answer, by the way, they ask him what his hobbies are. And he <laughs> yeah. goes, a lot of the. <laughs> A lot of the things you do on the road uh, to keep yourself sane. Some of us draw. Some of us write music on the side. 
I have a horror website that I just started to keep myself busy. It's called scaredornot.com. I'm into comedy, so I take the lighter side of horror and make like fake news. It's kind of like The Onion, but with hormones or getting erected. Something funny like that. Yeah, <laughs> getting funny. getting erected. I didn't get that, and I didn't I get either. the hormones I mean, like either. getting a I boner, could, I guess. I don't know. Right. Scaredornot.com doesn't exist anymore, by the way. I know. I, I immediately tried to go to Scaredornot.com <laughs> for yeah. sure. You know? I mean, yeah. I, the Wayback Machine might get you there. That's I'm going to see if I can get that, actually. So while but you yeah. do that, we do have one more thing we haven't touched on that uh, touched on yet. And that, and we promised we would earlier in the show, and that is the story of Deuce. <laughs> uh, so he whips ass. It's the Deuce, funniest thing. Deuce is uh, so yeah. So as we said, Deuce was originally in the band, left the band in 2010. When the other members of the band are asked about it, they kind of just say, "Oh yeah, it didn't really work out." But they do shit on him, and they say that the reason why he was fired from the band is that he insisted on bringing a personal assistant. Uh, on the road with them that he would bring like uh, he would bring a personal assistant that they paid like $800 a week for and the band refused to pay for it. And that caused a rift between them. Uh, and so then they asked uh, Daniel Marillo to fill in for for Deuce. And then he ended up becoming uh, a, a permanent member of the band. But yeah, it was uh, very odd, like just a very strange. Uh, whoops, sorry. Uh, just a very strange thing in general to just be like yeah we just didn't he he needed an assistant and we were just kind of done and we weren't gonna do that anymore so he's out of the band and yeah. uh yeah and then and then a bunch of weird shit goes down very weird stuff there's some really uh uh i i have little pieces of a deuce interview that i really love oh uh, that's yeah the deuce interview is from geeksofdoom.com and this is about two years after he's left the band in 2012 and it's incredible uh first he goes people will know you best from hollywood undead if we go back to the beginning how did you guys get together god i love this i love this so much i created the first song called the kids basically by myself and then i got someone in the band to rap on it with me we put it up on the internet and it kind of blew up uh that was like five years ago and so i just kept writing the songs and kept going with it there was a little bit of jealousy and problems along the way but i kind of just ignore everything it was like whatever is working you know so who oh fuck he's about to say something funny and my phone just rolls out of uh whatever is working you know so who cares if there's eight members six members to me i didn't really care because i was writing it and i was doing it the music i just kept going along with it so that's kind of how i went about it just a bunch of people in a room i was making the music and that's what it was just a bunch of rappers and me doing my thing singing and doing the music and then the guy asked him if he considers it his band and he goes well yeah i mean it's not like somebody else sat there and wrote the songs and said hey let's do this let's do that not to be a dick this guy's being a dick but it's not like they were rappers before or they were artists before like i was i would just record them line by line and turn them into a rapper to make them sound legit I mean, I kind of believe him, though, based on how bad this record is. I do somewhat believe that none of these people were musicians and they were just Deuce's friends. And then he was like, yeah, just, you know, come be in the band. Because the other the other part of this I loved 
is this is how this is how he justifies himself getting kicked out of the band. So yeah, as I said, it, most of the other interviews just touch on that there was some basically some creative differences and that they didn't want to pay for him to bring a personal assistant on tour with them. <laughs> so and funny. then uh, Geeks of Doom asks, I haven't seen much of your side of what happened with your split from Hollywood Undead. What happened? Deuce. Basically, I was just taking the band to another level. I was going to take, <laughs> which is a hilarious answer. They kicked me out of the band because I was taking the band to the next level. I was, I was going to make the band so good that they were like, ah, man, get out of here. Um, you always <laughs> want to be the guy that's doing the taking, not the person that's being taken. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I was going to take it to the next level. I had already built it up from that point on, and they just got scared that I was getting better. My writing was getting better. To be honest with you, they were hearing some stuff I was recording in the studio, not necessarily for my solo project, but some of the band didn't want me to continue growing as an artist and getting that attention <laughs> and getting better at writing because they thought I would become too big. Basically, someone didn't want me to be the writer. So they were intimidated. Yeah, they were intimidated, but they didn't have a sense of team play. <laughs> Everybody in that band wants to be the center of attention, so there was always going to be fights. It's going to be hard for them to make songs, but that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it at that. Geeks of Doom, move on with your new stuff. Yeah, move on with my new stuff because I don't got a problem writing. The music will show and the skill line will show itself. The clock's a ticking. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then of course, <laughs> Deuce hasn't done anything musically since 2014 and Hollywood undead released a new single three weeks ago. So, right. And they're doing like Hollywood undead is not like, they're not dying without the guy. I mean, they stink, but like, I'll bet you it's, I'll bet you if we went back and listened to stuff before this, it would be the same fucking thing. You know, it, it would, it would not change much. So I don't know. Uh, Deuce, I believe you 100%. You did all the work. You did all the writing. But the thing is, they're bigger than they've ever been. Or they got way bigger after you. And you didn't do any of that writing. <laughs> None of that so writing. They went to the. He didn't know what it took to go to the next level. No. They knew, which was kick out anybody who claims that they wrote all the songs. He thought having an assistant. He thought that's what it was. If you had an assistant, that meant you were next level. <laughs> the the <laughs> and he, fucking assistant and he thing was is wrong. so weird, dude. That's well, the weirdest and then, thing, dude. It's not even the weirdest thing, Brian, because you know what the weirdest thing is. Then a couple of years after Notes from the Underground comes out, Deuce claims that he was jumped by the members of Hollywood Undead and beaten up. Um, so that is also uh, truly amazing. Um, I'll read the... Um, I'll read the article here. It's from TMZ. Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, this is sorry. This is from 2012. So just before uh, just before the notes from the underground came out. Headline, ex-singer sues band over, quote, brutal beatdown. Former Hollywood undead singer Aaron Deuce Ehrlichman didn't just quit his band. He's now suing them for assault and battery, claiming they ambushed him outside an L.A. club and beat the holy hell out of him. TMZ broke the story. Ehrlichman fired, filed a police report against ex-bandmates Funnyman, Dylan Funnyman Alvarez and Jarrell J-Dog Decker earlier this year, claiming they 
they jumped him outside of Angels and Kings in Hollywood on May 25th, punching, kicking, and stomping him. Now he's filed a loose a, a loose suit, a lawsuit against them and others, claiming the brutal attack caused permanent damage to him and his friend, who was also allegedly victimized in the beating. Uh, Ehrlichman is suing for unspecified damages. Calls to the Hollywood undead were not returned. Now. The Hollywood Undead guys get asked about this in interviews and they basically say, look, we can't say anything about the process, but it's all going to come out eventually. Considering this was in 2012, we never heard anything about it again. I'm going to go on record maybe saying that Deuce made it all up. It kind of <laughs> seems like that never happened. Uh, yeah, it says they're not allowed to talk about it in the thing because of legal stuff with the NDAs. Which, yeah, so well, maybe it got settled, but I mean, it seems wild to me that two years after the guy leaves your band and you don't like him, you jump him outside of a show. I agree. I think it's weird. And the NDAs are probably just, they figured Deuce was going to keep making up new things and making up more lies. And they were like, how much is it going to cost us to get rid of him? I think is really what ended up being the problem because I mean, Deuce hasn't released an album since 2014 and that album probably didn't make any money either. So I can't imagine he's not looking at Hollywood undead and just being like, what the fuck was I thinking? I really fucked up there. I, I could be doing the Hollywood undead thing. And instead I'm like, I have nothing. So he just accused them of crimes, which is, (laughs) I mean, that's one move. You know, it's that's a move. one move you could take is if it's you're jealous of somebody. I think he's probably very jealous of them is, is really what I think. And like these stories are stories that he comes out with and he knows can't be disproven. Like you can't say that he didn't get jumped. You know no. what I mean? Like, <laughs> and if he has people that'll say that they got jumped and then he's going to pay them off or something when he gets the settlement. That also is a possibility. I just think I find them to be. uh, This is the worst group of people. And the only way (laughs) Hollywood undead can end is badly. It's it's really what I think. The the only way this band ends is very bad. This is the first band in a long time that I've been like, these guys are fucking dangerous. This is a dangerous band. Yeah, these guys are bad people. Yeah. For sure. Um, Sorry, I should correct myself here. Deuce, uh, his last album was 2017, not 2014. My apologies. But he is uh, apparently somehow his last album's out in 2017. If you go to his website, like there's no there's been no news updates since 2017. His last Instagram post was in 2017. Uh, His his uh, his last tweet was from 2017. Oh, no, sorry. My apologies. He retweeted something in November of 2021. Oh, sorry. <sighs> no, my... So... The, the, <laughs> Brian, do you want to know... Do you want to know his last two tweets? Yes. So, so his last tweet, he retweeted a picture of... I guess the joke is that this guy's really good looking. It says, I can't believe this man reviews anime. And it's like a headshot of a guy that's good looking, I guess. He yeah. So Deuce retweeted that. He had not... Before that, had not tweeted since 2019. <laughs> and the tweet was, who's still bumping the Invincible album? So, what, wait, what's the Invincible album? That's the one that came out in 2017. Nobody's so bumping that, that song. So that no, was I've his never... last. 
that was his last tweet was twas twenty seventeen. Did it get any engagement at all? It Please. did. Three hundred three hundred and five people replied to it. Uh it's okay. also got uh uh it's it's got 103 retweets 1216 likes he has 80,000 followers on twitter um but yeah he really hasn't done anything else and then uh i was gonna say so his website nothing's been updated since 2017 his twitter not since 2019 instagram since 2017 but he has a show in germany tomorrow um so i don't know what that means but he's no clue what's going on there He's out there on vacation. He wanted to go on vacation. He's playing some jazz club in Germany. So if you, if you hear that, well, it's by the time this episode comes out, it's already over. He's done it. Yeah. And he'll be in Germany. If you're in Germany, you already knew he was coming. He's so famous. You you already (laughs) knew. You already knew from all the Instagrams and tweets he'd been doing. Uh, Okay. Well, Brian, I think we've, we've said all there is to say about this insane album. Uh, So we're here at the tweet defense. Uh, For those of you, if this is your first time listening to the record, Uh, or sorry, first time listening to the podcast, I should say, uh, our way of reviewing the record is we do a tweet defense score. So this is if someone were to tweet at you and say the Hollywood undead album sucks and is bad, how many tweets would you do in defense of the record? Uh, Brian, I'll let you go first. Uh, uh, I said this is the beginning and I think people are going to be pretty surprised about what I give this album. And for that, I'll say 35. This album gets a 35. It is the highest rated album in the history I'm of the POD I'm not surprised by cast. that at all. I am not surprised by that. That's not surprising just, to me. Maybe to people who are listening to this, but considering Disturbed was your previous high score, I'm not surprised. I just... I just I, it's so baffling. It like the way that it sucks makes it great. It just is so fucking shitty. Everything about <laughs> it, it's just bad vibes. It just, and like I said, if you're into, you know, if you want to find music that scares you, uh, this is it, dude. This is like the worst type of people with no charm and uh, just, th- they're the worst people. There is no way that these guys are decent people. <laughs> no, zero chance. Zero chance these guys are good people. Um yeah, my tweet defense score for this is um zero. I have no this is the worst album we've ever covered on the show. It's worse than Crazy Town. It's worse than Puddle of Mud. <laughs> I never want to listen to it again. I have no defense. Yes, this was a fun episode to record. Uh, you know, I always love dunking on bands with you. I think our listeners love it when we listen to shitty stuff, or at least based on the polls, they seem to, because, uh, you know, it's obviously fun to talk about bands that are both insane and bad. Um, but this, I have no defense for this, this, this record is so it's just so rough. There's there, there's so much more I could have said about the music itself too. Like, I feel like, you know, we don't really play clips on the show and stuff. Like if we were, if we were that type of show, like Roach coach is so good at that. You know, they, they always play clips of the albums they're listening to. I don't know if they've reviewed this one or not, but if they have, they probably have good things to say. Well, not good things, but like good insight on the music itself. Like if we were the type of, if we played clips on the show, like some of the music is just genuinely so baffling. I just, 
Yeah, it's a zero. It's the lowest. So it's but this this album has got both the highest and the lowest score in the POD cast history. I thought you were going to give it a, a negative score by by saying I would delete my account <laughs> if, if somebody tweeted this at me. me. I would delete my account. I would delete forever. it. <laughs> yeah, I would delete that's a it. negative point. So there still isn't that. We're still on the search for the negative band. Yeah, that's true. Account band. That's true. We you haven't know? found the negative band yet. Yeah, but we have covered 35. a lot of. We have covered a lot of bands over on our Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can head on over to the Patreon.com. Not the Patreon. You can head on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash the POD cast. And of course, we spell cast with a K like the band Corn. Uh, we do three bonus episodes every single month for $4 a month. So if you're a fan of the show, it's a great way to support us and also get some extra content. We do one full length bonus uh, bonus album uh or bonus episode i should say we cover a full album then we do two singles uh so we, there's we we take a look at two uh two just single episodes are sort of like 20 minutes long they're really fun and you can also tell us what to do for a single or for an album so head on over to our patreon all that's over there you can also follow us on twitter at the pod underscore cast uh, that's where we do all the polls and everything. So uh, make sure you're following us there so you can participate in that. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, first, uh, one thing you can vote on on our Twitter is the challenge. Uh, we do a challenge every single month uh, based on the record that we're covering. Uh, last month's challenge, we were covering Mushroom Heads 13. Our challenge was to write a bio in the Mushroom Head style. And Brian, uh, you took that one down. We seem to go on these long winning streaks. I won uh, three in a row, and then you've now won the last three in a row. Uh, so the overall score right now is 16 wins for you, 15 for me, and one tie. Uh, so Brian, you came up with the uh, with the challenge this month, so I'll let you uh, let everybody know what that is. Uh, we just have to give ourselves a Hollywood undead name. That Love is that. it. And I can go first. Here we go. Okay. All right. Uh, John Freaky Sex Kennedy is my <laughs> John Freaky Sex Kennedy. Okay, yeah, I like that. So that's what you're imagining the F in John F Kennedy stands for? Freaky sex, <laughs> yeah, freaky sex, and freaky sex is something these guys say too. It just for sure the words freaky sex. They probably got a song called Freaky Sex. They yeah. still call themselves freaks. You know, I'm a freak. You know, I'm a freaky. I'm a freak. BDSM. I'm a fucking freak. I'm a freak. A leak. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, mine is, uh, my first name's John. So I figured like they'd probably pick a gross J word, uh, to be my thing. So I, I figured that'd be juice. Um, and, uh, then they're always talking about doing drugs and stuff. So I figured my name would be dank juice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't even know what that means. And I'm also, but I, I, what I'm going to go for though, is I'm the classy member of the band. Cause they don't really have characters. So like, um, in real life, I'm John Cullen, the fifth. Uh, so I would be dank juice V. Um, and they would just call me dank juice V because our listeners of the band would be too dumb to know what a Roman numeral is. Uh, yeah. so that's, so that's my, I'm, so I'm technically dank juice five, but everybody would call me dank juice V. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my Hollywood undead name. So uh, scared or not dot com. I, I got to the Wayback Machine. You'll be oh, surprised yeah? to know. You'll be surprised to know that not a single one of the posts has a comment on it. at all. <laughs> not that. Surprised, Nobody no. ever looked at this website. 
It's also not very funny. I mean, he's got a picture of a, a shower curtain that has like bloody hands. Like they went down the shower curtain. Sure. He is like, everyone should own this shower curtain is his little caption. Hmm. I mean, that's not a <laughs> joke, but okay. Is it, was it selling? Like, was it a product that you could buy or something? No, he's just saying like, isn't it funny? This looks like somebody got murdered. Everybody should own it. Oh, what if people came over to your house and they thought, Somebody got murdered and was bloody and like sliding down the mm. shower curtain. That would be fucking nuts, man. My so mom would wait. fucking freak. So wait, Bri, what you're telling me is that the someone from Hollywood Undead didn't have a sense of humor? No. I mean, that seems crazy they, to me. If somebody asked them, to be fair, if somebody said, hey, do you know any good jokes? The answer from every one of them would be, Oh, no, man, I don't really do jokes anymore. You know, it's really weird. <laughs> a lot of, uh, I used to do jokes back in the day, but cancel culture has me really scared to do jokes. So I just, I don't have any jokes. Yeah. Because they, right. they give the wrong answer to every, anything that would make them sound fun. They're like, nah, I don't fucking do that. No way. You know? One of them does call one of the guys a bookworm and that this album was named after what he believed to be a book by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Yes. Did you see yeah. that? Yes, I did. <laughs> it is. It is a book by Dostoevsky. So, yeah. Um, yep. So do you bookworm. think that guy read it? Do you think? The guy yeah. Like, <laughs> or did he just see that there is a book called that by Dostoevsky and was like, let's, that'd be a fucking sick name for an album, man. That's the guy who raps the least. I don't know which one of them has the least number of raps on here, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, his, uh, <laughs> his rapping about the, uh, the sort of like Russian literary tradition was cut from the album. They were going to do, they had a whole song about it, but they were unfortunately, yeah, it was called Chekhov's gun and, uh, they just basically wouldn't let him put it on the record. So, um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, we are now at the final segment of the show. This is the poll, the beloved poll. Uh, again, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, what we do every month is Brian and I both nominate two albums to be in the poll and you get to vote on which one is the album we cover next month. Uh, so uh, as you can tell, uh, earlier in the show, Brian juiced the poll so that we listened to Hollywood undead, but this month, I don't know if there's going to be any poll juicing. Cause I think we're, we're sort of committed. We've done a couple joke albums in a row. So I think Brian and I are committed to doing a good album next month. Uh, but yeah, this is all done on our Twitter. So again, if you're not following us on Twitter and you want to have a say in what album we cover, uh, head on over to twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast with a K, uh, Brian, what are your two albums for the poll this month? All right. One's going to be an one's one I've never put up. Okay. And one is one that I've put up a thousand times, but they're okay. both really good albums. So if the okay. poll got juiced, these would be fine. I'd be fine with either one of them. You know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, number one is the one I've put up a million times. Cold uh, Chamber? Sepultura. Oh, Sepultura. Roots. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to do Roots. Sepultura Roots. It's a great album. It fucking rules. Okay. Uh, the, the next one is one I've never put up before. Weirdly, uh, Deftones Adrenaline is the second one. So those are my two like albums. Like I can't lose with those two albums. Now, John's okay. going to say like something that sucks shit. I just no, fuck it. you. 
I'm not, but I'm, I, well, you know what? I actually like your format. So I'm going to do one that I haven't put up in the poll before. And then one that I have put up a bunch of times. Uh, so the first one I will go with, uh, corn untouchables. Um, it has been in a poll before, I think, because we were, we wanted to do a corn album. So we just put up, I think, uh, life is peachy, follow the leader issues and untouchables, uh, follow the leader won that one, but we haven't covered corn in almost a year. And I'm just fascinated by untouchables because it has one of the highest recording budgets of all time, like across all bands ever. Um, so it's just like a really fascinating album to listen to. Um, and yeah, I listened to it not that long ago and I was surprised at some of the things that held up some of the things that didn't, but it's a good album. Um, and then the other one I've put up a bunch of times, but has not yet won a poll is Lincoln parks, second album Meteora. Uh, so you would think that sucks shit, but it doesn't. Although actually, no, you know what? We're doing Lincoln park for the bonus this month. So you know what? I won't put Lincoln park up. Uh, let me, uh, so Brian, you're saved. Cause I don't want, we don't want to do this. Say- we don't Before want to do those two in a row. So I will do I will do a redo. I will put Slipknot Iowa back in the poll since uh it was an unfortunate victim to the poll juicing from last month. So this is fucking no matter what something that I like will will yeah. be the uh, this is perfect. So there we go. Uh, Sepultura yeah, Roots, I, Deftones Adrenaline, Corn Untouchables, Slipknot Iowa. All I one word usually, album titles. That's kind of sick. I would usually juice in terms like at the end of the show when I say what I'd like to win. I I should say Roots with my heart because that's an a song that's an album I really want to do because I love it. Uh, but Adrenaline, I mean Adrenaline's one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. I'm so I love that album. It's yeah. it is by far one of it's my favorite deftones album for sure and it's probably really my yeah it's probably my favorite album period it just really it's just one of those albums that hit me when it came i mean out. i love that album too it's not my favorite deftones album it's probably not even in my top three more maybe even four but yeah i do like i do like it a great deal but i would put white pony and around the fur and self-titled and genesis over it probably Man, or ohms, it just or hit ohms me. i mean rather not genesis ohms that album hit me really hard like i loved it and then i got to sure. see them live and if you've seen deftones live especially in a smaller venue i mean you yeah. become a fan forever like I saw them play Adrenaline cover to cover. I've talked about that on the show before, but they did a, a special unannounced in Vancouver. They played Adrenaline cover to cover and Around the Fur cover to cover, and I was there. Um, okay, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks to all of you who donate to the show already. Again, if you want to support the show and become a donor of the show, uh, just head on over to patreon.com slash the POD cast. It's $4 a month. You get three bonus episodes. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter so you can vote for the challenge and vote in the poll, uh, head on over to uh, twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast. And again, cast with a K. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. We love you all, and we'll see you back here next month. Goodbye.